and welcome to the Gridiron Fantasy Football Show, sponsored by ESPN Fantasy Football. And coming up on our third episode, we'll be giving you our rankings at quarterback and at running back. Who are the busts? Who are the sleepers? As we build up to our live draft on August Bank Holiday Monday. Can you be there? Get in touch. Let us know. This is the Gridiron Fantasy Football Show, sponsored by ESPN Fantasy Football. Yeah, welcome to the Gridiron Fantasy Football Show, sponsored by ESPN Fantasy Football. You can sign up for the world's number one fantasy NFL game with ESPN. Create a league, invite your friends, hold a draft at ESPN.com forward slash fantasy forward slash football. You can also download the ESPN Fantasy app, manage your team throughout the season on the App Store, on Google Play, wherever you get your fantasy apps from. Look, it's the best thing in the world. It's a great reason to watch football week in, week out. Even if your own team in real life is terrible, and I've just had to be watching Jimmy Garoppolo stink up the preseason, you can still enjoy the NFL through fancy football, and that is what we aim to bring you here. We're on episode three of five of our big build-up to the season. So say episode five will be our live draft, uh, who we end up taking after all this advice. There are a couple of slots open up to listeners to get in touch with us at Gridiron. If you can be in South Central London on, we believe, Bank Holiday Monday. They may have even been filled at this point. Who knows? But get in touch with us anyway and let us know if you want to get involved. We're talking quarterbacks and running backs this week. Uh, as always, Ollie and Tom alongside me. Hello, boys. How are we doing? Welcome. Welcome. That was terribly uh, glamorous. Uh, you fixed us with the eyes and yeah, welcomed well. you into your inner sanctum. Love He's it. surprisingly engaging for a man who, if you saw him on the street, you might think was homeless. <laughs> <laughs> I've tidied up my beard, actually. I, you know. You're looking swell, but Yeah, thanks, you, you look great. I'm a, I'm a huge fan. It's, you know the season's coming, so you know you're going to have to be seen in public by people, yeah, exactly. and you're getting yourself ready for exactly. it, and I like that a lot. Exactly, yeah. No, no, the, other day I was, hobo chic. the other day I was playing cricket, and someone called me WG Grace. <laughs> <laughs> so I thought I'd, I'd better I'd better sort out the beard and uh, yeah it's slightly more more quaffed best all time sporting beard although Brett Abel Keith's not far off Apple Savvy is a great one yeah, great great facial yeah, hair yeah yeah right this is nothing to do with fantasy football I'm going to get in trouble if we don't talk more about fantasy football so well some people have strategies about only drafting particular players so that my, my dad is like this when it comes to Premier League fantasy football my dad for years used to only pick either Tottenham players or former Tottenham or Reading yeah. players and it's like that is the most limiting strategy anyone's ever had well imagine if you only picked bearded players for your fantasy team ugh so you get Aaron Rodgers, and I'm trying to think of other people with beards. Let's do the, let's <laughs> do the all beard team Zeke next beard. week. There you go. Let's do the all beard so team. You can if you've been playing for a long time and you're trying to spice it up, and you think, do you know what? I'll just try something new. Go for the bearded eleven. Why we're, not? We're talking quarterbacks and running backs on this show today. Now, when it comes to the the, the running backs in particular, we've talked about this previously. There is a dearth of depth at running back, and it's become increasingly a problem over recent years. Now, we're talking half-point PPR, the standard ESPN point scoring, which obviously will affect the position of some of these guys, but you have to take that into consideration and think about your league scoring when you're looking at it. Guys, I want to start off by talking about a couple of players who have been previous number one overall picks 
but are more than a little bit risky this year. We're talking about Le'Veon Bell currently going running back 7 on ESPN and Todd Gurley currently going running back 11 on ESPN. Are you touching either of these guys? No, no, Le'Veon Bell's dead to me. After last last year where uh, literally hours before we were about to draft, it came out that he wasn't going to play for the first however many weeks, and then he he stepped out the entire season. Um, but I didn't see that, so I decided to drive, draft in number one. So I didn't get a reprieve, which was fair. I totally understand that. still haven't uh, totally forgiven um, the commissioner of that league. So there are times where I've been burnt. I've, I've had it with Shady McCoy. Burnt me once, and I've never picked him again. Um, again, it's all about your personal approach, guys. It, that, exactly, <laughs> exactly. I, I think it's an interesting one. I don't know about you, Tommy, with um, with Todd Gurley. Uh, he's terrifying. I mean, yeah. so just to recap, the problem is he's got an issue in his knee. He's basically got arthritis, and it is bone on bone in there. Now, I've never had a bone on bone injury, but it doesn't sound like the sort of thing I'd want to do exercise with. I already find it hard to get out of bed in the morning, let alone that. So Todd Gurley still has a great role. He's on a brilliant offense. He had however many touchdowns last year 18 20 or something stupid it could go brilliantly for him but it's just a bit terrifying right and so it comes back to what we were saying um in the last episode you you can't win your league early but you can lose it and if you're picking todd Gurley in the second round who then disappears and does nothing then that's going to kill you so we're talking about potentially avoiding a couple of those top guys but if you're looking at let's just talk about we talked about tiers in previous episodes top top tier of running backs this year if you're looking at the current ESPN standard rankings you've got Squam Barkley Alvin Kamara Christian McCaffrey in that top tier and Ezekiel Elliott you're feeling pretty happy if you get any of those guys if you're picking in the top five or six in your draft right? Yeah 100% I think it depends what people prefer to do do they want to pick up that wide receiver or do you want to secure your running back? And if you're sitting at six or seven and someone's two wide receivers are gone and one of those four is available, you're snapping them up. Wherever I am, if he's still available, I am picking up Christian McCaffrey. He's my favourite player in the league. I love him. I think um, he will be used over and over by by um, uh, by Cam Newton. And I, I think he's an absolute, especially PPI, PPR did it for the second <laughs> week in a row. He's a he, he's an absolute PPR monster, and we were, we've been talking about it. We've been banging on about it for the last three weeks. It's all about the players that you like and you want to root for and that you want to watch. It also helps that he's coming to London. So all of those things are in consideration when it comes to picking up your players and who you're going to hang your hat on. But Christian McCaffrey for me. If I'm go- if I'm lucky enough to pick number one, that there's another debate maybe for next week where you want to draft, what position you want to draft. But if I'm picking number one, and I can't trade out of it, I'm taking Christian McCaffrey. I love the man, absolutely it- defendable. My favourite Christian McCaffrey stat, um, and from week one to sixteen last year, he was not on the field for twenty snaps. Of the entire Panthers wow. game. At running back, right? Where you're you're basically getting hit by someone bigger and stronger than you on every single snap. So it's super, super durable. I'm sure you've seen this year. He is looking hench. He is bulked up and he looks absolutely amazing. So totally agree with you. Of those first four guys, you know, um, 
bell cow back is is kind of a term that everyone uses and it's going out of fashion right back in the 90s a load of teams had these guys they would just run into the ground and that very rarely happens anymore because you don't want to have um, one of those guys injured and three out of those top four we talked to true bell cow backs you know saquon barkley had a huge amount of work we've just talked about christian mccaffrey ezekiel Lella obviously gets all the volume as well the one that slightly scares me is alvin kamara so we love kamara he's probably for my money, one of the most uh, electric, explosive players in the entire league. But he's not the guy that gets all his touches. He shares his backfield with at least one other back. Um, and there's a lot of players to, to kind of um, spread the ball around there. So slightly worries me a little bit. Now, going beyond that and looking again at the current ADP positions on, e- on ESPN, your next three backs are Bell, Gurley, Gordon. Now, Melvin Gordon is currently holding out it sounds like they're going to get something done and he's going to be playing, whether it's for the five-odd million he's going to earn this year or whether they're going to get a £10 million deal done. But right now, he's not guaranteed. I want to talk about the guy who's going just at the top of the second round right now, David Johnson, who, OK, down season last year, still coming off that big injury the year before, not quite at that top level. Exciting new coordinator there, exciting new offence there. It should be a team who are much better offensively. He's an incredibly talented player with time to come off that. If I'm missing out on those top four, if I'm picking fifth overall, I have no problem taking David Johnson ahead of those other guys. Don't be slavish to average draft position. Don't be slavish to other people's rankings. I like David Johnson. I would take him, even if the other guys are drafting going, oh, reaching, reaching, second round guy. I like him a lot to perform above his standard this year. He definitely could do it. We've seen it before, right? Back in 2016, he was amazing. He had over 2,100 yards from scrimmage and 20 touchdowns. He was one of the most valuable players in the league. The worry is, it was two years ago. Uh, it's 2018 now, and he's 27. So peak peak age for running back production is 26 in the NFL. You know, we see all these guys who are kind of struggling with their second contracts because the NFL knows you rinse them when they're young and then kind of let them go. Lev Bell uh, is a great example of how it works. So I do like David Johnson. Last year, everything went badly, even if half the things go well this year he's going to be a lot better than he was could easily pay it back but there's a lot of risk with him um he's not a player you feel totally safe with this year i don't think now the other guys in that kind of second tier right now based on average draft position james connor in pittsburgh a lot of people quite high on him after yeah. you know, what can be achieved in that offense even when levian bell wasn't there um joe mixon also in that same mix. Uh, Ollie, I know you you feel quite strongly about picking guys like Joe Mixon in the, in well, the NFL. Well, do you know what? And even I know, even Ezekiel Elliott, and we didn't even touch on Tyreek Hill last week, I think there's a case to be made, and I know it's all fantasy, but it, they are real people and real players in the end. And do you want to be rooting for someone like Joe Mixon, regardless of um, whatever... Uh, redemption that he's had, um, or whatever he, whatever time he's done, or whatever, or, or such like. But am I wanting to root for for people like that? I don't know. It's it's a it's a tough one for me. I'm not going to pick him. I'm not going to pick Tyreek Hill. And Tyreek Hill did brilliantly for me last year, but I'm not comfortable doing it. So I don't want to root for a guy that. I don't like in real life, and if I think I, that's key. If I'm a uh, if I'm a, around the swing, if I'm picking around late in the first round, and David Johnson's somehow still there because people have gone on a wide receiver run, I will happily take Johnson and Joe Mixon and have my two starting running backs set and feel comfortable for the year. 
Well, that's classic Will Gavin. That's all I've got to say. <laughs> you can draw your Will line Gavin. somewhere, right? It's some, some we're going to judge, and, and sometimes you're going to be fine with one guy and not another guy, but I agree with you. The flip side of that, not taking any bad guys, is you do want to take good guys. So you just mentioned James Connor, the Pittsburgh running back, and he's a great story. If anyone doesn't know, when he was at college, he had a um, cancer and allegedly did not miss a single training session, even when he was undergoing chemo. So he's a good guy, he's had a difficult background, and he has shown hard work and come through the other side of it to be really valuable and really successful so yeah i'm grabbing james connor it's slightly worrying because you know maybe he hasn't got the the immense upside of some of the other guys here he's probably not the pass catcher of them but i want him on my team and i want to feel good about it so we've got a little a little ollie shaped angel and demon on my shoulder <laughs> whispering in my ears now uh, there is this theory the zero running back theory, which maybe we'll get into with with average with the more draft strategy next year. But a lot of people don't like taking running backs early, focusing too much on the position. They'd rather take a bunch of backs late on and rotate them in, but know they're getting really high scoring points from two top tier wide receivers, a quarterback, tight end, etc. Are there guys when I look through the, these top tiers and you know, we could go through them each and go through Chubb and Cook and there's a lot of consistency in and around those areas? Are there guys outside of that first tier who you're really excited to try and get hold of? There's one guy in particular for me who I can't get over where he's being drafted right now in ESPN, even though it's we're talking still an early pick. How are we feeling? Is there anyone out there that you're loving? In terms of late value, there's well, a Let's not go too late. Let's go mid-round value first. <laughs> just because I want to talk about my guy. Well, well, start off with your guy. Yeah, go on, hit us. Currently being drafted, 45th overall, outside of running back one and two, is Damian Williams. Doesn't make any sense to me whatsoever. I think if you're going r- wide receiver early and you can get Damian Williams in the third round, even the fourth round, which is where he's going right now, I think he's got RB1 upside in a big, big way. I don't understand it at all. It's Kansas City, what they do with their running backs, the fact they haven't got Kareem Hunt anymore. Their running backs are in the top five for both red zone targets and red zone rushing, regardless of who was in there last season. Honestly, he limited usage in Miami, so he's not got much wear and tear on his body, but a lot of talent. I I think he's got real, real upside. And again, with these running backs, you look at the amount of balls they catch last season. Also look at their quarterback and we'll get into the quarterbacks shortly but his quarterback's Patrick Mahomes and Patrick Mahomes will try and get the ball to any player who's open in any which way he can if one of those guys is Damian Williams and he is the number one guy in that position I mean it seems like a no-brainer and it's a, it's a great shout Will look there's there's some others I quite like Devontae Freeman um, he's outside of the top tier but going sort of a running back two, if you're going to pick up Devontae Freeman as a running back two, maybe even a running back three if other people have forgotten about him. I think, I think they're going to run the ball hard this year as well. Matt Ryan's arms started to drop off a little bit towards the end of last season. I think they're going to run the ball more exactly. this year. And yeah. there's a guy, in, and I know Miami are a terrible team, and they will be a, ter- <laughs> they will be a terrible team. But over the last two seasons, I've liked what I've seen from Kenyon Drake. So... That's just, I know... It's more of a deep cut, but I'm all right with it. Well, he has a very good deep cut as well. So, look, I I like Kenyon Drake. I think Mark Ingram from Baltimore, he is still a really, really good back. And if you look at where he's being drafted, Baltimore run the ball really well. And if you've got the dual threat of Lamar Jackson and Mark Ingram there, you can't cover them both or, you know, with, with sufficiently. So, I like the... Where Mark Ingram's going, um, 60th overall average. 
See, here's, here's another one that I'm going to slightly stun you with, Ollie. Currently being drafted as a, as a later running back three, but I think, again, running back two upside. A man who I've hated every other year we've talked about him, but because of situation, Latavius Murray. Now that he is the guy in New Orleans to go alongside Avon Kamara and him and Ingram, where they, they were the pairing, yeah. were both successful. Plus, he has this tendency to score sweaty little one-yard touchdowns. I, I quite like him this year. Where he's going, to what value? Is he going to be your DeAndre Hopkins this year? <laughs> where you've changed your mind completely? I th- DeAndre Hopkins, I never changed my mind on him necessarily. My whole problem always was... You hated DeAndre was when he didn't have a good I don't know quarterback. Why. He didn't have a good quarterback. He wasn't a guy who could get natural separation. He's a great catch-and-traffic guy, but without a good quarterback those throws were just getting thrown mm. over his head now he's got a good quarterback love DeAndre Hopkins I still think if you put him on a, a team with somebody outside of the top 15 16 20 quarterbacks his yeah. production goes his down. year with Brock Osweiler was, was not pretty yeah, exactly. yeah that's come on it's Brock Osweiler I mean, yeah mine wouldn't be good and I vowed never to say Hopkins. his name again on this podcast a <laughs> <laughs> um, couple of guys I'm looking at in fact I'm going to talk about one guy I like the look of at Valley and one guy I don't like the look of at Valley Tennessee running back so everyone's going crazy about Derek Henry right they look at the end of last year his four games when he had loads of yardage he piled up his points they're going to run the entire offence through him Derek Henry only plays on early downs he doesn't really play on third down at all and he doesn't catch passes Yes, he was really good in those games, but he was good against the Giants and the Jags, and they were kind of checked out already. So I, I think everyone's too excited about him and not excited enough about Dion Lewis, who's the other back in that field. Um, uh, Dion Lewis, when he was in New England, was electric. He wasn't quite as electric last year, but I think he can easily come back. And he's going to get all of that um, receiving work that Derek Henry's not. And Dion Lewis is a really good running um, goal line back as well. Everyone looks at Derek Henry and goes, he's big, so he must be able to do it. But the NFL doesn't work like that anymore. Um, a lot of goal line plays are, are kind of speedy running backs running wide, and Dion Lewis does that. So I think he's going at crazy value. He's, he's going down at a, a running back 40 or something silly like that. So I'm snapping Currently running back 49. Uh, that is absurd. In a 12-team league, he's practically going undrafted. Like he's he's right on that borderline right I now. Mean, I think he'll climb up. I think he'll be the kind of guy people will take a flyer on. But yeah, I think he's definitely somebody to to give more consideration to than that. That's for sure. Uh, how do you feel about uh, rookie running back? Someone like say Josh Jacobs in Oakland. Much better than other positions. So last week we talked about rookie tight end being a, a losing proposition. A running back, it's fine because the game doesn't really change between college and NFL. If you can do it, you can play a bit more instinctively. You can go out there, you can do really well first uh, thing off. So Josh Jacobs, I really like this year. Now, fine, um, Coach Gruden is saying all the things he needs a rest, and we're going to give him a million carries and all that sort of thing take it with a little pinch of salt but they draft him early they're going to run him they're going to work him hard and volume conquers all so really like Josh Jacobs some of the other rookies I'd like to hear what you guys think so um, David Montgomery is interesting so David Montgomery's uh, landed in Chicago they got rid of uh, Jordan, Jordan Howard, Howard yeah. and everyone's gone well, he's going to come in he's going to be a feature back but for me Tariq Cohen is not going anywhere he's an excellent receiving back so they've both got their own role why would David Montgomery come in and get all the work he's not a guy that I'm taking the hype to necessarily, but he's a guy I went out and got in both of my keeper league, both of my dynasty leagues. So I think he's got incredible upside. He's not necessarily going to be a big splash at the position you're getting him in a redraft right now, though. Uh, looking where he is right now uh, in the kind of positioning, but um, it's funny that you mentioned about <laughs> about the situation involving Dion Lewis in New England. If we're talking about people I don't like where they're going, Sonny Michelle is going as a borderline late running back to 22 overall right now in terms of running backs on uh, on ESPN. I just don't trust 
I just don't don't trust Patriots running backs. I just even when you had years where you had you know touchdowns galore for um, uh, the big back who uh, then went and Le won the Legarrette Blunt. You know, even then. Yeah, it only took until late in the season when he suddenly started producing. Yeah. If you if you drafted him for weeks one through seven, you were kind of kicking your heels and angry, and probably ended up dropping him. You can easily be wrong. So uh, here we go, quiz hour. A uh, quick question: Sony Michelle last year as a rookie in New England, how many times did he catch the ball? Forty. Twelve. Seven. Yeah. Seven. <laughs> so he had eleven targets. In my head, he was year. he was like a big receiving. Exactly back. right, because he's little, and everyone looks at him and goes, "He's quite short." So I did go really be, high. He must be fast. I thought, I thought it either had to be very high or very low. So I went to the other end of the scale. <laughs> <laughs> oh, you're trying to game? I see how this is working. <laughs> yeah. yeah. So Sony Michelle is a talented player, but he's an early down rusher, right? And in running backs, you have to understand what their role is on the team. So teams are increasingly using them to do very specific things. Adrian Peterson is going to the Hall of Fame, but is basically a first and second down only player at the moment doesn't really catch balls terrible terrible uh, in pass protection so fine it, he's not going to get all that work chris thompson in washington still has a role we need to understand that when we're looking at who's going to do well i think when it comes to running backs you, there, uh, there has to be an awful lot if you're going to really go for it and and look for some value or get a clear idea of who's the number one and who's the number two if there is a number one and number two you've got to look at the individual teams so there are certain teams where it's not even clear who potentially could be the number one or number two. I'm looking at San Francisco, Jarrett McKinnon, he's coming back. But you've got Tevin Coleman there, you've got Matt Breeder there. Who was the other guy that that, that had a load of touchdowns and um, rushing yards at the end of the season? Uh, you know, Raheem Mostert was there, there last year, remember Mozart, him? That's him. Um, so Coleman currently going running back 31, Breeder currently going back 47, McKinnon currently going 42. I think that reflects how people feel about... The 49ers. In half-point PPR, Coleman's the one to watch out for. A hundred percent. If you can get him at a decent position. I think also, if we're talking about Green Bay, Aaron Jones is the number one bell cow-esque player. I I love Aaron Jones this year with Matt So exciting. But if you've got... If you, I watched an awful lot of Green Bay last year. Jamal Williams is the guy that was catching the ball out of the backfield a bit more. So where do you go with that? Also, Aaron Jones picked up injuries so can you entirely trust it and do you draft him that high a guy that I'm looking at, at on um, Matthew Berry's rankings on ESPN um, and he burnt me and I've mentioned it over the, over the last couple <laughs> of weeks you're such a bitter man <laughs> but it's Sean McCoy now what's going on in Buffalo you're shaking his head you're saying go steer, stay Dunzo. away from him I I'm mean, staying away from anything in Buffalo uh, look at the, look at the wear on his tyres. So running mm. back is physically really, really hard. And he has just had high, high volume for years and years. Uh, LeSean McCoy was a, a difference-making fantastic back at yeah. his best. Yeah. But you know his hips have gone, and I just do not trust him at all. And, of course, we're in Buffalo. And do you trust that Buffalo offence? That's pretty scary. Are you saying LeSean's hips don't lie? <laughs> <laughs> That's a perfect point. Is there any running back that anyone wants to talk about that we've not mentioned so far? Apart from arguing about Tevin Coleman with you. <laughs> um, the one that we haven't really touched on is Kerryon Johnson. So, uh, really yeah. exciting. Kerryon Johnson was good player as a rookie last year. He's one of those people you look at at the moment and go, you're probably a wide uh, a running back too, um, but he's definitely got the potential to kind of move up. So, so Kerryon Johnson currently going 18th running back overall around the mid-late fourth round because what's happening, as always, people take a running back straight away and then you get a glut of guys kind of go late third, fourth round. So, he's going similar 
similar sort of place to Aaron Jones, to Damian Williams. So there's a few guys I like around there, mm. but Kerryon Johnson is a guy who's going late RB2 and has kind of low-end RB1 upside. I'm yeah. with you. I think it's a good shout. It's good value. You've got Dalvin Cook as well. So uh, everyone remember the old yeah. um, the old Broncos uh, rushing offence where whoever you plugged in, Olandis Gary and Clinton Portis would just do crazy. Very, very similar zone-blocking scheme to Minnesota this year. So like him a lot. And then Marlon Mack. We talked uh, on a previous mm. episode about how much we like that Colts offence and how important it is to have a piece of it. Really Marlon Mack shout. is the early down back in Indianapolis. He's going to get touchdown opportunities. Can we trust... Darius Geis, a year out for the rookie out in Washington. Um, I, d- I guess we just don't know what he can produce. And, and when he's going, well, Matthew Berry has him 27th overall. You've got guys like uh, David Montgomery, Terry Cohen, Tevin Coleman, Jordan Howard, Lamar Miller, we haven't even mentioned. Guys like that behind him in his rankings. Uh, maybe Matthew Berry's uh, leaning and towards Washington his 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 team has meant that that's why he's in at 27 and the other thing is when you're looking at backfields right now something like we talked about the 49ers so somebody will go ahead and take uh, Tevin Coleman way too early based based on what he actually could produce but then you might be able to get one of those other guys in like the 13th 14th 15th round great stash just in case you find that that's the direction they decide to go in. If Jarek McKinnon's there and available after round 12, grab him because he might end up being the number one guy there. It's a very movable feast. I think another great example of that is Denver. Right now, Philip Lindsay's going in the fifth round and I Hmm. don't like him hugely there, but he's getting a lot of play after a brilliant rookie season. Royce Freeman, who's apparently looked great in preseason, is currently going in the 14th round. Now, if I've got an opportunity to either... Get Royce Freeman if I've already managed to get Philip Lindsay at a good value and, and pair them, or if I manage to get Royce Freeman that late, knowing that he could end up being the guy there and it's a flyer late on, then that's the kind of guy I do like late. He's the kind of guy who could be the running back one should you either get an injury or a change of situation from the expectation. Yeah, that's really important because with running back, once you're outside of those kind of early guys, you need to make a decision. You're, you're either looking at someone who has a very specific but limited role, Naeem Hines in Indy. Mm-hmm. He's only really going to catch passes. That's all he's going to do. Or you're looking at someone who may not have an immediate role, but if someone gets hurt and you know 50% of running backs get hurt and miss games in a given year, they're going to step into that feature back role. Now, let's talk quarterbacks. Now, I think that everyone here is sitting very much in the uh, in the weight on a quarterback, right? We're all kind of... I, I don't think there's anyone here who doesn't believe in that as, as a technique because we are in the NFL right now, and I'm, I'm going to call it from a real football perspective, and I know on a previous episode I said, don't let real football affect fantasy too much. 1-32, to 32, this is the best lineup of starting quarterbacks in my living memory, there are there are very very few teams with a huge question mark. New York being the one that immediately springs to mind, but a lot of them it's let's see how a rookie can do, or they've got a settled starter. There are very few, or they've got an aging guy. But between the aging guys who are doing brilliant, your Brady's and your Breezes and all those guys, and a rookie set of rookie classes over recent years who can all perform, I think right now even. Unless you're doing two quarterbacks or super flex, I'm not looking super at quarterbacks. Super flex, super <laughs> I'm not looking at quarterbacks until I've at least got my starting running back, starting wide receivers, my starting flex. Six at the earliest, and even then that feels too early for me. Yeah, I, and the first quarterback coming off uh, the board is Patrick Mahomes, right? And Patrick Mahomes was amazing last year. He was rightly the MVP. Absolutely fantastic. 
but I, I don't believe he is likely to be head and shoulders above every other quarterback this year. Production-wise, you know, play-wise, maybe you could do. He looked amazing. Um, but he, he threw 50 touchdowns, right? So whenever you say 50 touchdowns, people go, oh, he's going to regress a little bit. He'll probably only throw 35 or 40, but he could easily throw 25. So it's just scary picking someone out like that. He might be brilliant, but having someone like Baker Mayfield down at quarterback five, I'm very, very happy doing that instead. Can, I, can I give you Baker? a... Can I, sorry, can I just give you very quickly, before we get into the Baker Mayfield question, this is a stat that comes directly from Matthew Berry. Quarterbacks one to five last year, you tended to get a run on them uh, around about round four, round five. So they went on an average draft position, quarterbacks one to five of 42, an average 19.3 points per game. Quarterbacks six to ten, again, you tend to get another run on quarterbacks in the mid-late rounds because other people go, oh, I want to get my guy and I've seen two other people take one. We'll get into that on the next episode. Zig, don't zag. Or zag, don't zig. Whichever way you want to do it. They were being drafted around position 80. Start of the 8th round, start of the mid-6th round if you're doing a, a 12 team. They were averaging 19.6 points per game. You're n- why are you taking quarterbacks 1 through 5? Yeah, I instead of going in the second example. round. I, I don't want to take 5th best at a quarterback. I kind of want to take the 12th best, if I'm honest, in, a, in the standard sort of league that we're talking about. Because... 12th best to 1st best. Okay, you might get one or two who are Pat Mahomes outliers, and that could happen. But the most likelihood is that the difference between quarterback 1 and quarterback 12 in terms of weekly points per game is not going to win you that many games versus having a two wide receivers who could be wide receiver 1s versus a wide receiver 1 and a wide receiver 3. That's going to be much more likely to win you a game. Yeah, and it's high upside. So somebody is going to end up doing that Patrick Mahomes thing, right? Where they zoom to the top and they do brilliant. But it's probably not one of the people taken at the top. It's just as likely to be someone drafted uh, down at 12. So uh, 12th uh, quarterback coming off the board at the moment is Jameis Winston. Um, Fine, he probably belongs there based on the last couple of years, but under Bruce Arians with the weapons we've already talked about, you can absolutely see how it might go Jameis Winston's coming off 20th in ESPN. 20th. That is great value. Yeah, I'll take that. And then we talk about having two quarterbacks, right? So in Kyler our Murray's draft, going above him. I mean, that's crazy. He's six inches shorter than <laughs> I'm taller than Kyler Murray. <laughs> but like, Philip Rivers is going 16th overall. I get that he's an older man and the targets aren't the same without Antonio Gates and everything else, but come on. But Hunter Henry's Is he really going to give you that much less than Matt Ryan is this well, year? Philip He's going 4th overall. He only plays well when his wife's pregnant, so we need to find out if she is or not. I mean, let's be honest, <laughs> odds are on. Uh, they probably are, but uh, there's the other are thing we need to, to do. They're up to nine now, right? It's something crazy. Between them and the kids, they could, start, they could be a starting offence at this point. <laughs> Ridiculous. Um, can we talk about uh, kind of uh, two different quarterbacks? So we talked about some really different styles here. Kyler Murray, brand new, young, exciting, rushing quarterback, and someone like Philip Rivers, who literally can't get out of the pocket. They have to kind of wheel him out there, but fantastic still throwing the ball. Um, so strong advocate of... If you're going to draft two different quarterbacks, then have very different styles. Go for a flyer, go for someone that doesn't have the upside of absolutely exploding, and go for someone who's very safe as well. If you can have kind of the the quarterback 12, but another guy who might finish 20th and might finish second, that's a pretty good strategy. I think there's always, almost always going to be a viable starting option at quarterback on the waiver wire. Whether it's, because we're that deep now, whether it's through injury, unless literally everyone in your league takes two quarterbacks, which is very rare... And even with 24 quarterbacks taken, there's probably going to be somebody sitting there who, if it's your quarterbacks, 
you know, if you've got lucky and they've stayed healthy for the 17 weeks, but it's their bye week, you'll probably still be able to find somebody on the waivers who is startable that week and still your week is still winnable. I really think it's that deep at this point. So, are you trusting Baker Mayfield? Because we've had, yes. I don't know, two thirds of a season of him looking looking good, but he's still raw. I know he's brought he's got um, Odell Beckham in, but they're still the Cleveland Browns. They are, but he's got a moustache now. And, you know, I've never seen a quarterback with a moustache who wasn't brilliant. <laughs> okay, yeah, sure. Addy Downs beers at Indians games. and he's, you Jay know, Cutler. What a hero. How can you not believe in Baker Mayfield? I mean, everyone loves uh, um, Broadway Joe, right? And he's just the closest thing we've got to him. So I get your point, but I just want him on my team. I'm I not being Baker. a poo-pooer. I'm just, I'm just answering the question. Just, oh, you're, you're totally right too um, and going back to having quarterbacks on the waiver wire as well a few years ago I won a, a fancy week um, my, my quarterbacks were injured and I was totally ruined the only guy sitting there on um, waiver wires I picked up and started Zach Mettenberger remember him? <laughs> yeah. he wasn't good at football but look here's, here's guys that you can get from right now average draft position in terms of, uh, of ESPN if you're in a standard 12 team league and you don't take one of the first 11 quarterbacks off, the guys that you've got there, Ben Roethlisberger, Dak Prescott, Jared Goff, Philip Rivers, Mitch Trubisky, who, again, don't look at real life, look at fantasy, because I don't think Mitch Trubisky's a very good quarterback. I bet he's a good fantasy quarterback, though. Yeah, I'm not picking him up. Uh, Jameis Winston, Jimmy Garoppolo, who is boom or bust, but real boom if he's boom. Like, there's so many guys that you can get later. And He's a beautiful man. And, and he is a stunning man. And here's the thing. If you're the 12th person to take your first quarterback, but you don't take them till the 13th round, take two, one in the 13th, one in the 16th. Take that flyer because you've not spent high, but your overall squad's going to be better. I just Outside of taking a kicker before the last round of the draft, my biggest pet peeve this year is... Well, no, not my biggest pet peeve, actually. I'm going to love it. Take your quarterbacks early. If you're in a league with me, take your quarterback in round one. Do it. I'll get better value everywhere else. That's fine. But it is something I don't want to see. Don't want to see. Um, we've, we've not talked about Lamar Jackson yet either. Quite possibly the most exciting quarterback mm. in fantasy next year. Now, fine, he, he doesn't look uh, like a good throw of the ball. Him and Josh Allen were the worst passers uh, last year, but that weekly floor of rushing is so, so valuable. You know, people like Cam Newton have been absolutely brilliant fantasy quarterbacks because what they bring you on the ground is so easy to make up. You know, a passing touchdown in this league is going to be worth four points, right? Um, Lamar Jackson, he, he'll probably get that in rushing yards by the end of the first quarter. And I mentioned it in, I think it was last week's show or the, or the show before, but looking at the position, the division that they're in, it's a lot of running football, a lot of running football. And Baltimore's default, when the, it's not working on, through the air, they don't keep trying to throw it. They just start running it. And when you've got Mark Ingram, is he the second? Mark Ingram, the second there as well. <laughs> and all of their other guys, they'll have a, a myriad of running options. They always have two tight end sets so they heavily stack and that means that a guy who has raw pace raw elusive elusive ability that doesn't cry elusivity elusiveness that thank you um in lamar jackson i think he could be the kind of guy a la cam newton who will be taking quite a few red zone opportunities and dancing and waltzing them in that brings us actually on to to cam newton who he's got the record for the most amount of quarterback uh, rushing touchdowns, I think. He surpassed Steve he's Young. He surpassed Steve Young within four years. So, <laughs> is he a guy that 
despite the the throwing motion problems and the surgery um again and, and everything else is he the kind of guy that you're thinking i'm gonna have him because he vultures christian he vultures christian mccaffrey's for, touches in the red zone for the value that i can get him at right now if he's still there later on absolutely particularly when you consider we talked about curtis samuels christian mccaffrey yes his arm not being able to throw a decent deep ball is a problem but that's not where you're going to get those quarterback points from those completions, the short yardage, building it up, getting him 300 yards, a rushing touchdown, and a couple of short yardage throwing touchdowns, and suddenly he's got the best fantasy week in football that mm. week. And it's very achievable with what he's got. I think he's going to prove, add the rushing yards on, not only does he tend to pick up a decent number of rushing yards every game, but he's also got that ability, like we saw when we were in Carolina against Miami, to break off a 60-yard, 70-yard yeah. run. Yeah, I, like, I always like Cam Newton in fantasy, unless he's going to get so injured he doesn't play. I, and again... We've said it. There's enough depth that you can still survive if your quarterback gets injured. And Keeley, they're coming to London. He's fun to watch. And he, it, it's interesting when he gets the ball. It's a, it's a good thing to root for. Guess what, guys? We've run over again. These 25-minute podcasts are now 35-minute podcasts, all of them. But I'm sure that our good friends at ESPN won't have a problem with that whatsoever. Sign up for the world's number one uh, fantasy NFL game with ESPN. Create a league. Invite your friends. Hold a draft at ESPN.com forward slash fantasy forward slash football. You can download the ESPN Fantasy app to manage your team throughout the season. It's available on the App Store and via Google Play. We'll talk about draft preparation and the way that you approach the draft. And maybe a little post-draft as well because... Fact is, yes, the draft is a big part of your season. It's the mo- one of the most fun parts of the season. But if you're not active, if you're not on the waivers, if you're not trading, it's unlikely you're going to come out with a championship at the end of the season. So keep getting in touch at Gridiron on Twitter. You can find Ollie and Tom and myself there as well. You've been listening to the Gridiron Fantasy Football Show, sponsored by ESPN Fantasy Football.